everybody, I'm Dr. Deb, and welcome to another episode of PTSD and Beyond. Welcome to the PTSD and Beyond podcast, where we give you insights into post-traumatic stress, trauma recovery, healing, and beyond. I'm Dr. Deb Lind, and in each episode, I have a conversation with a guest who will stimulate your mind, touch your heart, and connect with your spirit, and also give you a greater understanding of yourself and others on this healing and recovery journey walked by so many of us before, wounded healers with lived experience and heroes. Hopefully, we'll also provide a glimpse into possibilities and purpose, hope, and inspiration. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. One last thing, guys, before we dive into today's episode, if you'd like an ad-free experience and like early access to new episodes and special events, I want to let you know you can join us at patreon.com. That is patreon.com forward slash PTSD and beyond. All right, let's do it. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Deb here with PTSD and beyond. What a hell of a week we're having here in the United States and globally. And of course, you know, our community reaches out to professionals and peers and others in our community. And of course, one of our amazing guests, I've invited him to come back. Dr. Harry Stark is going to talk with us. We're just going to have a a sit down kind of fireside chat today and uh, hopefully provide some information to provide insight, comfort, general conversation about, um, yeah, what's happening in the world today. So Dr. Stark, welcome back to PTSD and beyond. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Deb. And uh, it's, I, I will say it's a pleasure to be uh, here with you. Um, but I think better at this point to say it's very meaningful to me uh, that you both reached out and felt that uh, I have something that uh, I can offer to the mix uh, that hopefully will be helpful to somebody somewhere, somehow. Well, you do. And and why I say that with confidence and conviction is because the things that you post resonate so well with our community. And you see it with the number of people that are retweeting and commenting. And so again, because of everything that's happening here in the United States, and, and also globally, I mean, we have, there's like layers of trauma, you know, people want to know like, okay, what exactly is complex post-traumatic stress? And why do we have to have the C in front of the P? We're really living it. I mean, we've had layers and layers and maybe, maybe we can start there with um, understanding why the C is so important to understand when it comes to trauma. You know, I got, I really, I just got chills when you were just bringing that question out. Um, It's something that up until you just brought it up, it really didn't occur to me to frame it this way uh, for people because it's so fresh, you know, with, with this, with this really horrible, traumatic tragedy uh, in, in, in the school and the lives that were lost. But, but yeah, the complex part 
is actually very applicable. And, you know, if we just looked at it as PTSD, then we would say it's just a singular event, you know? Right. And technically we're still within one week, so we can't even diagnose PTSD. And yet so many people, you know, we're all, I think, in the same boat on this. So many people are, are really having a PTSD response, whether that's not being able to function, uh, obsessing on something that is, you know, meaningless and ignorable, right. uh, you know, or becoming like really agitated and dis- disorganized. And, and so why is that from this single event? It's because it is complex because it's not a single event. This is number. God knows what the number is now in a long series of events in the last and, two years. Yeah. Just in, just in the last two years. Yeah. Just in the last two years. And, and so, yeah, the complex is absolutely applicable because it means that there's been a chronic experience of instability, a chronic, but but not predictable, right. but chronic, that you just don't know if you can rely on the world you live in right. tomorrow. And we don't have another place to go. This is it. Yeah. Right. And it brings up a really good question about when when people in our community talk about you know the things that they're trying to achieve the their wish list right one yeah. of the one of the common things that people talk about is well there's a few things one is about you know reoccurring memories but the other one that comes up most often is i just want to be i want to feel safe so how do we how do we feel safe in this world? And you put it really nicely too. I like this about it's unpredictable, right? right? So if, if, if I go outside or if I'm going to the store, you know, I'm going to the store, we just had this happen right. again. Right. So, yeah. and then there's images, right. Of people at target with, you know, the rifles slinging, you know, hanging down and, um, what's interesting is somebody on Twitter said, if you saw this, how would you feel? What would you do? There's another potential. Again, it gets the mind working of, um, well, now I, I need to go to the store. So where where how do we feel safe? Where can we feel safe? We've got one planet, one house. Do people feel safe even in their own home? Right. So the. The, the question needs to be thrown out because with the way that question is formed and, and I get it, I, I'm not critiquing you. I'm just saying asking that question that way sets you up for continued insecurity because the, the, the factual answer is, well, you can't because it is unpredictable. You know, the people in Buffalo, I'm sure, weren't having the slightest thought of anything right. happening. Mm-hmm. 
parents taking their kids to school? Nobody, nobody in their right mind. I can't, I, I, I'm sorry to be so overgeneralized on this, but I can't imagine anybody in their right mind comfortably dropping their kid off at school saying, it's great. Everything's terrific. You know, if you really thought that there was a risk. Right. So, so the way I would switch the question around, which offers a pathway forward, not an easy pathway, but a pathway forward, is just add on the word enough. How can you feel safe enough? Once you bring that element in, my, my belief, my sense, my theoretical orientation says you can do something. But if you keep it binary, either I'm safe or I'm not safe, you're stuck. Right. And I actually posed it that way because that's how people in our community think, which is why it's like, Dr. Stark, can you please come on? Can you please talk to? And, and again, so one of the things that I really appreciate about our conversations and other conversations that we've had with professionals is that it's an and in which yeah. shows the bridging of peer support and professional support. It's an and. So right. it's in, in the bridging builds that community, which don't we need community bridging, yeah. especially now? We've needed it forever. We always need it. Our species needs it. Our species needs it. Yeah. I mean, we've got this brain that we've inherited, and there's a significant part to that brain that is programmed for community. We want to be part of a community. Even if it's an online community, you you can have truly a sense of connection with people you've never met physically an avatar can it's not the same i don't want to draw an actual equivalence here but it 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 does give that part of your brain a sense of like i'm not alone i'm i'm with a community right exactly one of the things that i really appreciate there's many things i appreciate about the people in our community um, there are times where, uh, you know, if I'm up and people are awake and, you know, they'll message and say, Hey, um, I've actually met some folks in person that I've met through our community, whether it's because I've been traveling there or, you know, they're traveling someplace that I actually happen to be going to. And we've, connected in some way or and the beauty of it is there have been people who've come to Minnesota that have said, Hey, you know, I'm coming to Minnesota. I don't know where in Minnesota you're at, but this is where I'm going to be. You know, do you want to meet for coffee? You want to meet for dinner? And then the next thing I know, I've got like a, another foodie person that, you know, cause they're traveling here so much that we're, you know, getting together and, and going out and, you know, um, yeah, building that relationship in a deeper level. And then there are people who have been very um, self-conscious, I would say, about, well, how about, can we, can we do a Zoom? You know, can't, can we? And it's like, sure. 
and the value of that, the yes. value of that connection. And let me ask you this question. So we're talking about the being safe enough, right? Right. And building community. And when you can connect with that person or people, regardless if it's, you know, in person or online, and you actually do that, you know, you take the action to make that connection and to continue to connect and maybe have a sidebar Zoom or Skype or something like that, some Microsoft Teams or whatever platform you're using, right? Um, FaceTime, whatever it is. And you actually have that face-to-face. Doesn't that added layer of the face-to-face or even the voice-to-voice sure. deepen the connection? For sure. Absolutely. Um, you, you know, in, in these last gee, it's, you know, two and a quarter years, two and a third years, uh, I've, I've had almost zero physical presence with my clients and uh, just this, these last couple of weeks, I've started to, as I said, reintroduce people into the fishbowl uh, and, uh, you know, taking all the steps that I feel are reasonable to take and I got the HEPA filters, and whatever, yep. all the boxes are getting checked. And, and when they come into the office, I actually had one guy who had never been in my office before. I had other clients who've returned so far I'm only like a 25% of people were actually coming back in but this one guy I started with him during the, the the lockdown and during the time where I just was only doing telehealth and he comes in for the first time and we just spent the first few minutes of just like wow you know you're here <laughs> there's this sense that you're a real three-dimensional thing <laughs> and right. and so it is it's it's every every layer gets increased with every aspect of connection. Text message, okay, that's a real low level because mm-hmm. you're also projecting tone and whatever. Right, exactly. But then when you voicemail, a phone call, and then you go to you know any of these video platforms, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, whatever, uh, you know it's. That's another layer and then another layer and you see the facial features. And so, yeah, you know, I think that our brains are kind of modifying its wiring that we're working towards. I'll still say it's not a one-to-one equivalence, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's much more than just better than nothing. It's, it's good. It's a good thing. I like when you say that too, it's, it's, it's a good thing. And instead of that, you know, I want to say black or white, but the the extreme polar opposites, right? And right. I find that again, you know, people in our community, um, trauma survivors, especially when their heightened awareness, whether that's perception or you know, it's actually happening, that polar opposite thinking of uh, you know. It is or it isn't. Right. You know, it is or yeah. it isn't. And and when your nervous system is screaming out at you that your life is in danger, and, and that's an important just kind of side note here. 
that's what's going on. Your nervous system is not thinking, oh, this is a news event of something that happened 1,500 miles from where you live. Your nervous system only knows I'm in danger. Right. My life is in danger. And, and all of your higher order thinking, you don't have that part of your brain just doesn't have enough energy to override it. It, it, you know, that's like a tsunami coming through of energy and, and tension and fight or flight. It's right. It's a lot. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. There was a person who posted and said that there was a disagreement about um, someone originally had posted and said, you know, our bodies aren't aren't made for this um, amount of continuous and chronic trauma. And another person had posted and said, you know, basically you don't know anything about the brain and, you know, we are, we are built for this type of resilience. And my immediate thought was, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't the body as well as the brain and the emotions, right? So we're thinking about emotions, feelings, you know, um, body and brain health, and even energy, if you want to bring that one in, uh, needs a respite. It It needs, it needs a pause. In order to that resilience, people think resilience is I'm going to blow it off. I'm going to be fine. Right. And just, just bounce right back. But that's not what resilience means. Resilience doesn't mean I get to keep taking the hits and taking the hits and taking the hits and I'm still walking. Resilience is part of pausing and resting and restoration and filling up your bucket. (laughs) Right. Right. So. I, I don't know who commented and said that the that the human brain and body is capable of tolerating and dealing with all this. I don't know who that is, but I, I right off the bat, uh, I would say some things that would make this conversation venture into R-rated and NC-17 rated uh, <laughs> levels. So, well, you know, I do swear occasional and I've actually been I've been. Um, well, there have been comments like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you do that. Then don't listen. It yeah, says right, right on there. It's PTSD and beyond that we're going to yeah. talk about heavy stuff. So if that's offensive, then, yeah, you know, yeah. so, yeah, so I, I, there are a number of ways I would respond to that person or anybody who kind of thinks that way. Uh, first, I would want to be really calm and so that I can hear what they're basing their opinion on, right. uh, you know, what's the science behind it? You know, what, how did they form that opinion? Right. And, and then I would start offering up, you know, some real life examples. Like if you're taking a transatlantic flight, do you want that even though your pilot is awake and seems to be able to do everything properly, but has been awake for 48 hours straight. Do you want that person piloting your plane? Probably not. You know, do you want to drive next to the big rig truck on on the highway uh, with the truck driver who's been driving for 18 hours straight and maybe has done a couple of lines of coke or meth or whatever to keep themselves awake so they can get to their destination on time? Because otherwise they're going to lose their job. I'm not saying that all truck drivers do that but my family business was trucking and warehousing. And so (laughs) I got a window into somewhat of that lifestyle. And 
And so, you know, would you willingly drive right next to that person? And if the answer is no, then we start introducing the concept of it's not just about surviving. It's about quality. It's about are you really functioning in a way that you're designed to function? And, you know, we talk about people, you know, doctors and nurses and orderlies and everybody who work in ERs and they pull these long shifts and whatever. Right. And they, they come off their shift and they're like the walking dead. And it, and you wouldn't want that person performing surgery on yeah. you because, yeah, the systems are functioning, but they're not really functioning at a level that you would want to engage in, you know, operating heavy machinery. Right. Some of those exhaustions, there are studies to show too. I I found, I find this fascinating. And I actually did at one point look this up that um, yes, there's, and I don't know the number of amount of lack of sleep, but there is a certain range of hours that when a person um, has a lack of sleep for that duration of time, uh, it, they're, um, they, they function in the same manner of intoxication. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I've seen things like that, you know, driving while sleepy is the same as driving while drunk. Right. Uh, Correct. In fact, even worse uh, in some respects, Uh, you know, it's so, so that's kind of like the foundation of how I would respond. But my general opinion is no, we are not designed to experience this kind of trauma on a regular basis nonstop, mm-hmm. you know, just because uh, news agencies draw in more, uh, you know, income by operating 24 seven and running the same grotesque stories and telling you new breaking grotesque story coming right. up after the break. That doesn't mean that we are really appropriately designed for any of that, which is goes back to the need to unplug the need to just, you know, shut it down. It's interesting too, because when you see on say, you know, Twitter or Instagram, when the very first word is breaking, I, I, I don't even, it doesn't, it doesn't make me say, oh my gosh, this is something really important. The only time I actually ever say like, holy buckets, pay attention is when my weather alarm goes off. Then I know something serious. Otherwise I have to, I pause and I have to take a look and see, okay, what is this? Is this just to try to get my attention? Is this really something that's serious? You know, isn't it a modern day, like crying wolf? Remember the story about the little boy, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, every time I, I see that breaking, I think, is it really? Well, so, so this goes to something that um, came to mind for me yesterday, uh, really on my drive home. And I decided to do something I would not normally do, which was I had basically shut down for the night and I decided to go back onto Twitter and I felt uh, a connection and uh, a meaningfulness to just draw people's attention to Jackson Brown's song, Dr. My Eyes. Cause I think that there's elements of that, that are both applicable uh, to a lot of people uh, in our society, people in the world in general. And, and it speaks to the dangers of over exposure. Yeah. Uh, 
and the dangers of, of too much compartmentalization. You know, it's, uh, you know, that's also part of trauma where you, you only have, you say, okay, I put it in a box and I put it in a box and I put it in, well, eventually your warehouse can't hold all those boxes and they're going to deteriorate and start, you know, spilling out. That's right. And that's why sometimes when people do things like that, they put it in a box and put it in a box and they appear to be functional and they appear to have the successful career and they appear to have, you know, credentials and, and everything else. And in their private life, it might not actually be that way. They yeah. might be, they might behave completely different. Yes. Looks are very deceiving. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's explosive. And we, we see that through research that suppressed emotion and thoughts and feelings can, you know, have explosive, you know, explosive behavior. Right. So, you know, for all of the uh, criticism that he has received uh, throughout the last hundred years, uh, Freud uh, definitely not new on this issue, but definitely made it more popular it was the idea of suppressing the drives doesn't doesn't really end well right right it doesn't that's why that book remember that book don't sweat the small stuff yes yes that book really it, bothered me because yeah that was a long time ago i mean that's when i was i think i might have still been an undergrad and that book really bothered me because all i thought about was i mean do I understand that? Yes, there are some things that you just say, you know what, is it really worth it in the grand scheme of things? But why that book bothered me was because I felt that continuing to push small things under the rug eventually turns into a big mound of shit under a rug. Oh, oh there yeah. she said it. She uh -oh. swore. Oh my gosh. Here we oh go. Boy. Kids don't, don't, don't listen. Check, don't check the comments section. <laughs> right. Okay. Kids don't listen to this podcast. There she goes again. Anyway, um, but, but yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, it, it, it goes, there are so many ways on a pragmatic level that that comes out. What you're saying is, uh, I agree with you 100%. Again, we're not saying make an absolute agenda out of every little thing that happens. Right. right. But just ignoring things that are happening. You know, I get a paper cut and okay, there's a big thing. I got to work with a client or I got to, you know, pay a bill or something, but my paper cut is still there. And, and you know what? Paper cuts are painful, <laughs> even though they're tiny and whatever, and they're going to heal. And yeah, yeah, rationally, I know it's going to get better soon, Right. but in the moment, no, it, it hurts. Right. And that's a paper cut. You keep going from that. You know what? And who decides what's small stuff? I mean, isn't right. there also a a trauma? Not to become melodramatic about it, but I really do believe this. Isn't there a trauma that comes from somebody determining for you what counts as small stuff, right, or big stuff? Right. The the am I being heard and listened to? Or is what I'm saying being invalidated? And then therefore, the multiple times that my small stuff is being invalidated because it's big to me and someone diminishes it, 
then over time, a person can have low self-esteem and other issues. And no, how about no? How about just be fully present with somebody and say, you know what? Yeah, that paper paper cuts are painful. Why is it so hard to to just validate what someone's saying? Even if what they're saying, you might not think that it's a big deal. To them, it is. You know, to to that person, it's like um, public speaking. Okay, for me, you know, I'm not, I don't know. It's just never bothered me. And what's interesting is I didn't talk till I was three. And so I don't know. It just doesn't bother me. It doesn't, I don't get up there and go, oh my gosh, look at all these people. Honest to goodness, you can only see the first few rows anyway. I can't see who's all the way back there. Do I know that there are people back there? Yes. But can I see them? No, I can't. I can only see like usually the first three to five rows, right? And um, but for other people to get in front of even a small classroom of say 25 students, peers, it's terrifying. Yeah. Who are we to diminish what someone else's concern and fear is? How about how about be a hero to somebody else? How about how about that, you know, the phrase of you know, you teach someone how to fish and they'll never starve. How about we do some of those things where we're being somebody else's hero instead of, well, you know, if you can just tough it up. And there's so many, I was just having this conversation last week with a, a group of executives and um, it was interesting because we were talking about uh, working in teams. And I said, just because we get older doesn't mean that we don't need encouragement. Everybody oh. needs encouragement, especially when you see someone else's potential, but they don't see it. Or maybe, maybe they've been told so many times, but they don't believe it yet. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent on that. And, and there are far more opportunities that we have to do that than we even imagine. Uh, I, I would say just about any human contact is an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I you know with I just wrapped up the semester you know teaching part time at the local university and uh, I I gotta wonder what my students thought of me this semester because I ended pretty much eighty percent of the classes with encouragement to go and you know take care of themselves be calm I use a little bit of different language for them but. <laughs> be calm and and to you know make their environment better. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you know, a student comes to me and says, "Oh, you know, I forgot to hand in an extra credit, or I forgot to take a quiz. I'm sorry." You know, that they'll give me, and, and I'm not going to judge whether their excuse is valid or not. Yeah. Uh, but but I will tell them that sure, I'll reopen the quiz or I'll accept the late paper or something like that. But then I use that as an opportunity to say, this kindness that I'm showing you, I frame it as kindness. Yep. I said, I, I really want you to pay it forward. I really want you to, to see how you, how relieved you are experiencing it right now. Yep. That, oh, this thing that your grade hinges on, yep. it's going to be taken in. That's a good feeling. Give that to somebody else. I do the same. It's interesting. I just got a I have finals that are due tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, we're on we're on the same we're on the same uh, schedule here. 
and I teach one of the capstone classes for the grad program. So it's their, their final project. And so I've been reading some of these papers and, you know, they're fantastic. Some of them can even be uh, conference, you know, presentations. Wow. And I encourage them to do that. Um, there have been a few students who've needed extensions and, you know, there are all these, you know, rules in the handbook and everything. And I think to myself, you know what, if you have an opportunity to be nice, then just do it because it can mean the world to somebody else, right? Reduce their stress, that whole relief. And then yes, to say, you know what, doesn't it feel good right now? Just pause in this moment. Doesn't it feel good? Okay. So when you have the opportunity then to pass the torch and to pay it forward, remember this moment. That's all I yeah. ask. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, that is it. Yeah, it is. So how can we help? How can we help? Um, this is a big question. <laughs> this is like the million dollar lottery question, right? It's coming out on Saturday. The drawing is on Saturday and the winning ticket is, I don't know. I hate to say Not it. Mine. Should I, should I say it? Should I dare say it? Replace, you know, Elon Musk's fortune. There you go. There's the <laughs> What can we do to he put a poll out today too? And I thought, you know what? You got nothing else going on. What is it that we can do to provide? I don't know. I don't know if it's help or hope or something. Uh, what is it that we can provide to people right now in addition to everything else that we've been doing right now? What do you okay, think? so so you put the qualifier on there of in addition. So I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna focus on that part of it. Because I think we've already talked about uh, some things that that people can operationalize right away. Yep. So so I'm going to do the in addition part. I think when you come across somebody that you know, so I'm going to give different parts to this. First part is you come across somebody you know, and and you can encounter them, and you can say, "Hey, how you doing? You know, how's it going? Whatever." And what, nine times out of 10, the person is going to say fine or kind of vague, oh, you know, it's tough or whatever. And they'll they'll do that. And, and it's so easy to just kind of nod your head and go, okay, well, I hope it gets better or I hope, you know, keep going and whatever. You know, I would call bullshit on it. I, I would say, why? You know, what, really, what goes, if you say things are fine, I want to know why. I can use some fine myself. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I can learn something from whatever is going well for you. Or if you're lying through your teeth and you're just struggling to make it through the day, I'm still going to say, well, what, what's behind it? You know, what's, what makes you say fine, but you lied? Or what's behind saying, you know, ups and downs, everything's hard and whatever. Just tell me. Yeah. And, 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 and just say, I want to hear it. I'm not going to fix it for you. I can't more often than not, I can't fix it, but, but I can hear it and, and just tell you that, yeah, you know, that is hard mm -hmm. and, and just express acknowledgement and go a little bit beyond that and say, I appreciate that you're here regardless of that. You know? Right. But, you know, so that's, that's one category, the people that, you know, 
I then there that. are the people that you don't know. The people, you know, when you're getting on the bus and, you know, you, you, you cross some, you know, come across somebody or you're getting off an elevator. Somebody's coming in while you're leaving, those kinds of things. And, and you say to somebody, good morning, good afternoon, whatever, how's your day? And the person goes, good, or something, or they say good morning to you back. Some kind of easy pleasantry. Yep. Then add on to it. Make eye contact if you can. Not, you know, you don't need to be creepy or whatever with somebody, <laughs> but make make eye contact and 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 convey. If if you can do it genuinely, do it genuinely. If you can't, I would just hold back. But if you can be genuine with it, say I, I hope your day goes well. You know, make eye contact and convey to somebody else, another human being who exists in your environment that you have a genuine hope that things go well for them, maybe for the next hour, maybe for the rest of the day, have a good weekend, whatever, that kind of thing. So that's that's another category of what we can do in addition. Beautiful. And, and, and then I would say the category of people that we just won't have contact with physically in terms of proximity, be encouraging. You see somebody make a comment on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever, something that's encouraging the, that, you know, will say to the person, wow, you're really making a difference. Please continue making a difference. Something encouraging in that direction. I think those three categories that come to mind of in addition to what we can do, that's, that's my response. That's wonderful. We're going to have to put that in the summary bio because there are people who will want to listen and then say, hey, you know what, where's the cliff notes of that? So (laughs) when we're doing the um, writing up, you know, for the summary bio, I'll make sure that those three pieces are put in there so then people can even take a snapshot. And if you're listening to this right now, thank you so much for still being with us tonight. You might be listening to it during the daytime, but right now we're actually recording quite late. We're here uh, quite late, late together, um, but I'll put that information in the summary bio. So if people want to, you know, take a snapshot of it, they can keep it on their smartphone and um, yeah, use oh. it. Yeah. Use it. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's what we need. We need little by little here and there people doing this and, and to use an analogy we're all familiar with by now, spread like a virus. Oh my gosh. I love that. See, there, there is a value in um, all of this. We don't always see it, you know? And, and again, if someone's out there right now saying, you know, it's that comment is going to inflame a reaction of, I don't know what, you know, my trauma has value of. I didn't think that either years ago. I did not. I, someone said that to me, that phrase, and man, I was hotter than a rooster. I was like, you have no idea. And um, now fast forward all these years, look at, we've got a podcast talking about stories and trauma that's in, yeah. um, you know, over 96 countries. So maybe in the moment you don't know it. Um, look at what, how, you know, mad got started. And yeah. um John Walsh and his work with children. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to, to diminish, 
you know, or discredit or discount our current state of affairs. What I am saying is that we won't know what some of the growth and outcomes of what's happening right now. Um, And I would like to believe because we are social beings and we, because we do have that need to belong that at some point we're going to unify as people, we're going to unify as people and start helping each other, start helping each other. And one thing that I'm going to do, so I want to put this out there to people. You want to know what can I do to help each other? In addition to um, applying the three suggestions that Dr. Stark mentioned, um, maybe there's something that you have like a garden, an herb garden or something, and you can just post a message to your community group that, hey, I've got some herbs. I'm going to put them out on a table on my front lawn. People can take what they want. And I say that because that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because I keep thinking, there's got to be something else that I can do in the community that I live in. And my oregano right now, it's early in the season. And I'll tell you what, my oregano and my hair are looking the same. They're like, you know what? <laughs> they both need to be cut because they're crazy. And um, yes, it's early in the season. My chives and my oregano have just taken off. So I need to go and in, in, um, do some pruning. And I was going to put a little table out, out in the front and then send a message around my little community email thing that we've got going on and say, all right, if anybody needs any Greek oregano and or chives, you know, there's a bunch out in the front. So take what you need and leave the rest for someone else. Okay, that's cool. Can I can I tag something onto that? Absolutely. Put a cost on it. Take what you need on condition that you do something nice for somebody else. That's right. I like that. Wow. Look at you. See, this is why when you're on Twitter and you're posting all this stuff, it's just like, all right, we need it. We need to talk about this. We've got to have you back on. And you know what? There's one thing that we did not talk about yet. Uh Are we going to bring it up? Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Do you know what it is? I think you do. Uh, I I have a suspicion. Do I need to change my background? (laughs) Exactly. You guys are doing really well right now. We're finally, we're finally catching up. We're talking about baseball people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's although when I mentioned the walking dead, that was the, you know, the, the uh, bullpen is what kind of trotted <laughs> through my mind. It's <laughs> oh my gosh. And then the passing of Ray Lolita, may his memory be eternal. Oh. I mean, gosh, I'm just like, can we just stop 2022? But yes, just yes. Baseball, right? Yeah. Goodness for baseball. Uh, Yes, there's it it serves a purpose. And sometimes that's also the pause. Right. To unplug from everything else. Yep. And just, you know, spend a few hours looking at a game. That's why I don't want them changing the game. So MLB, if you're listening, because I do (laughs) post stuff to you guys out there. Don't change the game. It is one of the best things for mental health. Just to sit, as a matter of fact, if I can go on a sidebar tangent, even though I said that I want, this is applicable. Okay. So everybody knows, maybe you don't know, cause you're a new listener and thank you so much for being here. I have two kids and uh, one of my kids said, um, you mind, do you mind if I go to the twins game tomorrow? 
And I'm like, do you ever need to ask me for permission to go to the Uh, baseball game? And then he said, are you going to go? And I'm like, if I'm going, I'm not telling you because you're going to be there with I'm going to go. If I'm going to go by myself, I'll be cool. It'd be great. I'll sit with a bunch of people I won't know. And we're all family anyway. I mean, it always happens. Somebody, you're always talking to somebody anyway, but it's a perfect place to, you know, get yourself a hot dog and, you know, kick back. And I don't drink alcohol, but, you know, I'll drink a pop and sit there and just, you know, talk to new friends yeah. and great night, you know, and just chill out and yes. And watch the game and just take a pause, just That's take right. a pause. And no one's getting, no one's getting like, you know, crazy or anything. I mean, there are some fans now <laughs> that well, do get a little passionate. Yes. A little thing. It's a little but, passionate. But I, I can say with, with a hundred percent certainty, the last time I was at an, a major league game, uh, had over the course of, uh, it was almost a three hour game. Uh, wonderful conversation with people sitting in front, behind, just, you know, generating from an appreciation of the game and being able to talk about it. It's, you know, I don't know their politics. I don't know anything about them. None of it. And you know what? It's good to be able to relate with people where it's just the game and just talking and whatever. Exactly. So please MLB don't change the game. Don't try to make it faster you know, use your analytics to, you know, I don't know, whatever, put bionic arms on players. Just there are some things that they're beautiful just the way they are. They're beautiful just the way they are. Dr. Stark, thank you so much for being on again today. I greatly appreciate your your time and your wisdom with us. Anything I can do to help, just always let me know, recommendations, whatever, anything I can do to help. Well, we appreciate it. And the folks that are listening, I'll have Dr. Stark's information again in the summary bio. If you do connect with them, please let them know that you heard him on PTSD and beyond, including all his social will be there too. So feel comfortable to reach out. And everyone, this is Dr. Deb. If you need any assistance, again, drop us a line, send us a DM, whether it's on Insta or or Twitter. Um, Hit us up also every Monday at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Use the hashtag PTSD and beyond. Join us for our chat. Even if you're just like, you know what? I'm not really sure about the topic. I just want to connect with community. That's what we're there for. And um, you guys make it a good day and we'll see you again next week. Good night.